0: When America entered the war, I went to Washington to work as a clerk in the War Department, sorting mail. In my spare time, I did a little reporting for one of the Washington papers. I got out of the draft by using my head, came back to New York again, and took over my father's business during his illness. I was always an out-and-out pacifist, and still am. I believe it is justifiable to kill a man in anger, but not in cold blood or on principle, as the laws and governments of the world advocate. During the war, I married and became a father. Though jobs were plentiful at the time, I was always out of work. I held innumerable positions for a day or less often. Among them, the following. Dishwasher, busboy, newsie, messenger boy, grave digger, bill sticker, book salesman, bellhop, bartender, liquor salesman, typist, adding machine operator, library, statistician, charity worker, mechanic, insurance collector, garbage collector, usher, secretary to an evangelist, dockhand, streetcar conductor, gymnasium instructor, milk driver, ticket chopper, etc. The most important encounter of my life was with Emma Goldman in San Diego, California. She opened up the whole world of European culture for me and gave a new impetus to my life, as well as a direction. I was vitally interested in the IWW movement at the time. It was in swing, and remember with great reverence and affection such people as Jim Larkin, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, Giovannetti, Carlo Tresca. I was never a member of any club, fraternity, social, or political organization. As a youngster, I had been led from one church to another, first Lutheran, then Presbyterian, then Methodist, then Episcopalian. I later followed with great interest the lectures at the Baha'i Center, and the Theosophists, and the New Thoughters, and the Seven-Day Adventists, and so on. I was thoroughly eclectic and immune. The Quakers and the Mormons impressed me by their integrity and sincerity and by their self-sufficiency. I think they make the best Americans. In 1920, after serving as messenger and stool pigeon for the company, I became personnel director of the Western Union Telegraph Company, New York City. I held the job almost five years and still consider it the richest period of my life. The scum and riffraff of New York passed through my hands well over 100,000 men, women, and boys. During a three-week vacation in 1923, I wrote my first book, A Study of Twelve Eccentric Messengers. It was a long book and probably a very bad one, but it gave me the itch to write. I quit the job without a word of notice, determined to be a writer. From then on, the real misery began. From 1924 to 1928... I wrote a great many stories and articles, none of which were ever accepted. Finally, I printed my own things, and with the aid of my second wife, I sold them from door to door, later in restaurants and nightclubs. Eventually, I was obliged to beg in the streets. Through an unexpected piece of fortune, I was able to come to Europe in 1928, where I stayed the whole year, touring a good part of the continent. remained in New York the year of 1929, again broke, miserable, unable to see a way out. Early in 1930, I raised the money to return to Europe, intending to go direct to Spain, but never getting any further than Paris, where I have remained since. In addition to the book on the messengers, which I wrote in three weeks, I completed two novels while in America and brought with me to Europe a third one, which was unfinished. On finishing it, I offered it to a publisher in Paris who promptly lost it, and then asked me one day if I were sure I had ever given it to him. I had no carbon copy of the book. Three years of work on up the flu. I began Tropic of Cancer, which is announced as my first book about a year after landing in Paris. It was written from place to place on all sorts of paper, often on the backs of old manuscripts, I had little hope when writing it of ever seeing it published. It was an act of desperation. The publication of this book by the Obelisk Press, Paris, opened the door to the world for me. It gave me innumerable friends and acquaintances from all over the world. I still had no money. I still do not know how to earn a living, but I have plenty of friends and well-wishers and have lost my fear of starvation, which was becoming an obsession I am now absolutely at one with my destiny and reconciled to everything which may happen. I haven't the slightest fear about the future because I have learned how to live in the present. As for influences, the real... Influence.